listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. You made squeezing nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. And add us on Facebook and Instagram at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. Ready. Ready. Let's go. Ready, my child. <laughs> oh, we started recording. Yeah. So welcome to episode 12, titled Raise Your Hand If You've Ever Been Victimized by Fad Diets. Both my hands are up, man. Ooh, me, me, me. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so is my third hand. Oh. That's my foot, idiot. Oh, whoa, whoa. Don't be dramatic. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we're a little loopy. It is very late at night. Actually, it's not. It's only seven something. But yeah, it's like five thirty by me, so it's really not that late. But man, life's been rough this week. You tell me, man. I mean, the other dietitian left, and I'm the only one, only dietitian left up in this bitch. That sucks. I mean, it's a, it's. I guess it's cool. People come to me. Um, I, and I enjoy that feeling of being wanted, but we'll see how that, how long that lasts. Yeah. So, also, I also accepted a contract position with a long-term care facility, by the way. That's exciting. What does that entail? Basically dealing with old people. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) basically just contract PRN as needed. So if the other full-time dietitian it goes on vacation or she's sick basically Mm. they would they would contact me to come in if I can just in case to do initial assessments check on wounds dialysis patients and if a Mm. surveyor comes make sure the kitchen has their shit together kind of thing so you're kind of like a substitute yeah Okay. Yeah, I want to add variety to my resume in case I want to move on with my life later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I am coming down to the last week of my first class in my graduate program. So that's oh, exciting. Oh, I didn't realize they were that short. Yeah, the courses are eight weeks long. Yeah. And it was a research methods course, which is honestly not that exciting. No. Uh, But I'm heading into the final week with a 94.6%. So (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Schmutty pants over here. I try. I try. Okay. I see. (laughs) I see. Well, let's get into uh, the first segment of... Uh, the podcast. So the new nutrition in the news. So this one was your find. Yes, it is my find because it's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is fad diets. So this article that I found was called, well, actually the thin white men who rebranded dieting as wellness. So we're going to attach a link to our website because the article is pretty lengthy, so I'm going to try to break it down as much as I can. But if I get confused, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so the name of the article that I did find was 
the name of it is well actually the thin white men who rebranded dieting as wellness so i'm not going to go too much into this article because it's pretty lengthy so we'll just attach a link to our website but basically it talks about how it talks about how the i guess the people behind the fad diets the people that started the movement to eat healthier quote unquote lose the fat eat more plants and all this crap so it goes into the fact that a lot of these diets a lot of these um actions have been taken on by thin white male so all those things which it it the article identifies a couple more people such as michael pollan i'm sure you've heard of him if not check out his book the omnivore's dilemma don't buy it because it's kind of (laughs) Don't tell them what to do. He's super biased. I I mean, if you like that, then fine, but whatever. Um, Buy it if you want to read it. Make your own opinions. Make a really bad review. (laughs) Okay. And then it goes into a couple other thin white males as well. And it just talks about how, like I said, a lot of major diets are... I guess, pushed by these males and which is confusing to think about. It's really weird to think about because a lot of these dieting movements are targeted towards us females and just the general population that is not thin, um, that is not mostly white. I guess America is not white America anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and we're not male. Well, I mean, whatever. But that's what the that's what the i'm not going to start this whole gender whatever um but that's what this whole dieting movement was pushed towards for the past century give or take Mm -hmm. and just go more into it it just talks about how these food rules were targeted at women that came from men which is weird to think about why which makes sense why men would want women to diet because it would be pleasing for them Anyway, just check that out. I found it very interesting, and I guess that's a nice little segue into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. So today, we are going to be talking all about fad diets, basically what they are, the history behind them, and why we love some fad diets, why we hate it, uh, some types of fad diets, and then how to slow the fuck down with fad diets. (laughs) Whoa, there's children here. (laughs) I doubt that, but okay. (laughs) So we just want to do a quick disclaimer. We are not stating that the diets mentioned in this podcast podcast episode do or do not help individuals lose weight. We are stating that fad diets do come and go as research changes, and it's important to consider all aspects of lifestyle when trying to lose weight. Exactly. So before we even get into what a fad diet is, I just want to briefly go over what the definition of a diet is. And unfortunately, many of us have a negative association with the word diet, uh, especially those that will associate with the hashtag diet culture dropout hashtag. And I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of that. So if you haven't heard of it, just like go on Instagram and search hashtag diet culture dropout. And just go look at it. I don't want to speak 
out of line too much, but it tends to be a lot of women who have tried fad diets, not necessarily fad diets, but like dieting in the past. And they basically say, oh, diet culture made me fatter or diet culture is messed up. So I'm just going to like stay fat forever. Like it's just <laughs> it's basically saying like, screw dieting. I'm just going to stay fat forever. So check it out. It's kind of an interesting uh, community on this diet culture dropout hashtag. Sounds like it would tie pretty well into the body positivity moment movement oh, yeah. as well. Definitely. Definitely. Anyways, so what a diet is uh, the kinds of food that a person, animal, or community habitually eats. So technically, we all have a diet. Right. And what you eat habitually, you know, normally is your diet. But marketing companies have just taken that word and transformed the meaning to elect like some sort of emotional response. You know, I hear people say all the time, I hate the word diet. Diet has the word die in it. And it's like... (laughs) I've never heard that. Really? You've never heard that? No. It's like, I've heard people say like dieting. It's just one step closer to dying. And it's like, come on, come on. Like the word diet is fine. It's just your association with the word is the problem because you've probably failed at a diet before. And whose fault is that? Is that the diet's fault or is that your fault? Whoa, shots fired. (laughs) Pew, pew, pow, pow. That was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but basically we all have a diet. What you eat is your diet. Whether or not that diet is helping you gain weight, lose weight, or achieve a higher health status is debatable. But what you are eating right now or earlier today or later today, that's your diet. So what is a diet? A, a fad diet. diet. Oh, what is a fad diet? So basically, so keep in mind, a diet works until it does not. It works while you're on it, but once mm-hmm. there's that one point where it's just like, fuck it, I'm going to eat all that chocolate. Right. And whether or not weight loss is the goal, I mean, I think about to how my diet was when I was in college. I could honestly get away with eating a lot more when I was in college because I was walking to and from campus and to parking lots and working out much more. So even my diet back then was much different. So the diet I had in college would not work for me right now. So just a concept to think about that even Mm -hmm. the best of us or those that who are perceived as healthy, our diet changes over time too, as our needs change. So To expand on that, a fad diet is one that is popular for a period of time, really similar to like fads in fashion. And fad diets usually promise rapid weight loss or other health advantages such as longer life. They're often promoted as requiring little effort and producing a quick fix. You can spot a fad diet because it usually just builds off the premise of fat-free, low-carb, or very low-carb, or high-protein. Right. Another thing that most fad diets have in common is that they'll usually like eliminate or blacklist certain foods or food groups, whether it be dairy, carbs, sugar, gluten, who knows what. From a research standpoint, other ways to spot a fad diet are recommendations that promise a quick fix, claims that sound too good to be true, 
simplistic conclusions drawn from a complex study, recommendations based on a single study, dramatic statements that mm -hmm. are refuted by reputable scientific organizations, recommendations made to help sell a product, recommendations based on studies published without any peer review, and recommendations from studies that ignore differences among individuals or groups. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to spot a fat diet. Uh, but now we want to dive into the history of fad diets. And I know you guys just love history. <laughs> so I, we just want to point out in the history, if you go back in time, if you go as early as the Greeks and the Romans, even they were dieting. Right. I mean, like we said before, a diet is just what you are eating, habitually eating at this point in time. So we all have a diet. And even Hippocrates, who was born in uh, 461 BC, said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So he said that way back when. So he was onto something. But while it was largely about health and fitness back then, I mean, think about it. Just watch Gladiator. Um, <laughs> it's the Victorians who really kick-started the fad diet. The Greek word dietia. Uh, it's spelled D-I-A-T-I-A, -A, and that's where our word diet derives from, and it means a whole way of life. And dieting back then was really about all-rounded um, mental and physical health. People really got a taste for the fad dieting in the 19th century, and it's during this time that things tend to tip over into the more aesthetic reasons, and that's when the diet industry really exploded. Boom! <laughs> we should like fucking go to Hollywood or something, man. <laughs> so, so now we're going to talk about some of the earliest known fad diets. Oh, this is like my favorite part of the episode because it's like so That's, funny. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so the, the first like fad diet we want to talk about is I'm going to try to get through it without laughing, but it's called <laughs> chew and spit. So chew and spit. And at the turn of the 20th century, um, an American named Horace Fletcher decided that a lot of chewing and spitting was the best way to lose weight. And this diet was called Fletcherism and it promoted chewing a mouthful of food until all the goodness was extracted and then spitting out the fibrous materials that was left. <laughs> so, I mean, could you just imagine like walking down the streets and everyone is just like spitting out their food? Like, what do you do at dinner time? Like, do you, I just, I'm having a, like, give it to a dog, give it to a dog. I don't know. But all the goodness was extracted. So <laughs> they'll just poop more. It's so awkward. And then, <clears throat> Another part of the diet meant that you could only defecate once every two weeks, and the goal was for it to be nearly odorless. But Fletcher also described it smelling like warm biscuits. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? And I mean, this is our point with fad diets, is things come and go. But this is one of those things that I hope never comes. That is, I don't want to eat a biscuit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But I wonder uh, if people actually lost weight. 
They probably did. They they just chewed it and spit the rest of it out. Imagine trying to chew up a steak. You just spit that shit right out once it got cold. You wouldn't really absorb that much. So the next diet is called the tapeworm diet. So this diet is not for the squeamish. So in the early 1900s, the tapeworm diet started to be advertised. So there was this opera singer named Maria Callas, who was reported to have eaten parasites to try and lose weight, but since then suggested that this was a stuff of myth. Dieters would swallow beef tapeworm cysts, usually in the form of a pill. The theory was that these tapeworms would reach maturity in the intestines and absorb the food. This could cause weight loss along with diarrhea and vomiting. So once a person reached their desired weight, they then took an anti-parasitic pill, which they hoped would kill off the tapeworms. The dieter would then have to excrete the tapeworm, which could cause abdominal and rectal complications. It was risky in many ways. So a tapeworm can grow up to 30 feet in length. 30 feet! They they can cause many illnesses, including headaches, eye problems, meningitis, epilepsy, and dementia. So I'm not surprised. People, I honestly, I feel like people, some people still do this today. (sighs) You can buy tapeworms on like the black market. You can. Uh huh. Fucking gross. Yeah. So this came about in the early 1900s, but. I've honestly heard of cases of this going on. I mean, even in the early 2000s. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a very extreme measure to take to lose weight. I mean, (laughs) but again, bad diets and whatnot. (laughs) Uh, So the next one that I want to talk about is the arsenic diet. And basically pills and you know diet pills became really big business in the 19th century and you know these are kind of called the magic pill or wonder remedies and a lot of them had dangerous ingredients including arsenic and arsenic was advertised to help speed up the metabolism much like uh amphetamines do and while the amount of arsenic in these pills was really small i mean duh it was super dangerous and this is where things got really bad was because dieters can or would take more than the recommended dose of these pills thinking that their weight loss would be increased but they would run the risk of arsenic poisoning Woo! <laughs> and i uh i had read an article not too long ago and obviously there's no arsenic in you know weight loss pills anymore but there are other compounds in there that do like speed up your metabolism and increase thermogenesis And thermogenesis is basically increasing your body's internal temperature. And I read an article about a woman taking like 50 times the amount of the recommended dose and literally burning her intestines from the inside out. And she died. Oh my God. But that was her fault for completely overdoing the dose. But well, I was like, still out there. Her fault and diet culture's fault, man. Yeah, exactly. And so the next diet we're going to go into is the rubber diet <laughs> and not the type of rubber that, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Don't have sex till you're married. Oh. Anyways. 
So in the mid 1800s, there was a guy named Charles Goodyear. He figured out how to improve rubber beyond its natural state with a process called vulcanization. Quick question. Quick Is answer. this the same guy that does Goodyear tires? I was wondering that. I don't know. <laughs> What he might be, I mean, he does tires and yeah, huh. I mean, that's a good question. I am stumped, anyways. <laughs> so, in America, we had this, I guess, this phase where it was called the Industrial Revolution, where mass were, mass production started to occur, and suddenly the use of rubber expanded to a whole new level, and that included rubber knickers and rubber <laughs> corsets. <laughs> And the thinking behind both of these concoctions was that rubber held in fat, but more importantly, caused sweating, hopefully leading to weight loss. Men and women participated <laughs> in this diet. It wasn't as much fun as a, as a skin macerating underwear meant flesh would be softened and broken down by extended exposure to moisture, making it vulnerable to infection. What? Wait, are you being serious with that word? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If oh you think gosh. If you if you think about it, like you're <laughs> literally containing all that moisture, your skin's gonna soften and next thing you know you're gonna have a stage five pressure ulcer where your bone is exposed. So they would literally hide the skin so much that it would become vulnerable to infection, it would just die off. Like, it would start getting soft, and it would be, the softer your skin get, the less of a barrier it is going to be towards the outside, and that's how you're going to get that infection. That's but how was you, the infection intentional? Dude, it was the mid-1800s. There was a whole bunch of fuckery going on there. Like, to me, it sounds like the inten- the infection was intentional so that no. body fat could have been cut off. No, 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 no. It oh, wasn't, it, it wasn't okay. intentional. Okay. Yeah. That's just one of the side effects of the... Gotcha. Of oh, the, yeah. Yeah, of course. Because they're like, oh, sweat more. You feel like you lose more weight, like, just because you're confining your body to this certain well, space. I mean, you do lose weight, but it's water weight. It's not body fat. So... Yeah, but that's It reminds just, me of those um, bands people put on their waist now to sweat more when they're doing cardio. Um, I forgot. It was... It's <laughs> called... Um, Waist trainers. Waist trainers. Because everyone like... needs to train. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like certain bombs that you, bombs and lotions you can put. Um, oh yeah. I, yeah. I just saw a girl wipe the fuck out of her sweat off of her waist oh! trainer today. Whoop. 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 Okay. That's gross. <laughs> this uh, is all gross. <laughs> I just ate. You need to stop. <laughs> So moving on to uh, the last fad diet we want to talk, at least like the historical fad diets, is the cigarette diet. (laughs) And uh, back in the late 1920s, a tobacco company actually launched a marketing slogan that encouraged women to reach for a cigarette instead of sweets as a weight management aid. And this actually doesn't come to much of a surprise to me because nicotine is a known appetite suppressant. So... Yeah, that's what what was being marketed to women in the 1920s. <laughs> well, thank God we're in the 2000, almost 20s. What a day to be alive. Um, well, that's controversial, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
why do we love and hate fad diets at the same time? We as a society love our quick fixes and we tend to not be very good at delayed gratification. So for, for whatever reason, many Americans do not feel like they have the time to dedicate to a whole foods diet and a regular physical activity routine, which from my experience is completely false. Everybody has a fucking time. Oh yeah, everybody has the time. It's just a matter of arranging the schedule properly. Exactly. And the Western diet, specifically, you know, the American diet and lifestyle, make it way too easy to become lazy and content. And we actually kind of glorify being lazy. Um, (laughs) And again, marketing has gotten really good at getting us to buy into the idea of health. And we talked about that on our last episode too, kind of just this whole idea of health and what it means to you. But in general, we love to buy into the idea of a quick fix. So we hate them because the results are not usually maintained. Do not confuse this with results that cannot be sustained. Right. Very different things. And that kind of goes back to the disclaimer we said at the beginning, we're not <laughs> saying that these don't work, but we're just saying like there are more aspects that need to con- be considered and results cannot, don't confuse it with results cannot be sustained. And mm-hmm. many commercial diets actually do have a maintenance plan in place, but this maintenance plan is not effective unless lifestyle and habits were changed. So habits and lifestyle changes take a long Flicking time. And fad diets usually happen so quick that there's no actual time to learn the foundational information that you need to actually succeed. Right. And I can even attest to that too. Like, I feel like I first started getting interested in nutrition when I was like a sophomore in high school. And Mm -hmm. I still feel like I'm barely scratching the surface of what's possible out there for me and my health and things like that. So you can't expect to learn the foundational stuff when you're in a bad diet where you're in the losing weight for, I don't know, three, four months, and mm-hmm. you're just going to go back to your old ways. Mm-hmm. Very true. All right. So now we just want to talk about some of the general fad diets out there on the market today. Uh, in case you haven't heard of them. So the first one I want to just uh, talk about is the South Beach Diet. And the South Beach Diet is a popular fad diet that was developed by Arthur Agustin. I'd be interested to see if he's a thin white man. (laughs) (laughs) It probably is. (laughs) And the South Beach Diet was promoted in a best-selling 2003 book, And it really emphasized eating food with a low glycemic index and does categorize carbohydrates and fats as good or bad. And then the next diet is called the Weight Watchers, which is actually pretty, um, I feel like it's pretty well known. They even have products in their stores. They actually revamped their program recently, and now it is described as a program that offers various products and services to assist in healthy habits including weight loss and maintenance, fitness, and mindset. Right. And I'm not a huge like supporter of fad diets, and I don't think many of us are. 
but I will give them some points in my book for including a mindset aspect. Are you sure it's not just some sort of rebranding tactic they're doing? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that deep into the program, but I actually know that they completely changed their name. They changed it from, like, they're still called Weight Watchers to the general public, but they changed their name from Weight Watchers something to Weight Watchers Incorporated. So my guess is that they got some type of new ownership or maybe some sort of lawsuit and they needed to change their name. I'm not 100% (laughs) sure. Don't quote me on any of that. I'm going with the lawsuit. (laughs) But companies change their name for a reason. They don't just change it if things are going well. Mm -hmm. Like like IHOB. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know what that was about but you know I will give them some points for beginning to include a mindset aspect because that is very important but my my biggest issue with Weight Watchers is that as we all probably know it's based off of a point system you get x amount of points you eat foods that correlate with points when you reach the top you finish your day so instead of actually learning to respect foods for what they are. I feel like people tend to just learn how to manipulate the point system versus actually learn how to eat. So I'm, I'd be interested to see on how this mindset component helps with that manipulation of the point system. Do you want to do it? <laughs> what? <laughs> you asked me if I want to do the keto before. Here we are. Sure, let's do it. Okay, (laughs) next on the list is the zone diet. And I feel like the zone diet is a little bit of an outdated one. And honestly, I didn't know much about it until before we decided to add it into this podcast. But just from a brief bit of research, the zone diet is a fad diet that emphasizes low carbohydrate consumption. It was created by Barry Sears, a biochemist. Again, I'd be interested to see if he is a thin white male. And Two the, points. <laughs> the idea behind the diet is not supported by scientific evidence. But on the Zone Diet website, they do claim that the zone, in parentheses, is an actual physiological state that your body can get into and be measured in clinical tests. So basically, if you're in the zone, you have the ability to control diet-induced inflammation. The inflammation is the reason you gain weight, become sicker, and age faster. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that raise red flags about that statement to me. That's very Um, dramatic. Yeah. And according to their website, there are three clinical markers that define if you are in the zone. If all of these clinical markers are within their ideal values, you are in the zone. Otherwise, you are not. They also claim that the zone diet will help you shed excess pounds and improve your mental and physical performance while living a more fulfilling life. The zone diet is a lifelong dietary program based on strong science to reduce diet-induced inflammation. And so the next one is, we touched upon this before, um, it's called the Atkins diet. The Atkins mm-hmm. diet what, is actually a weight loss program devised by Robert Atkins. Thin white male. Yes, three points. <laughs> <laughs> the Atkins diet is also known as low carbohydrate fad diet. This diet is 
kind of marketed with questionable claims that carb restriction is critical to weight loss. So from their website, Atkins limits carbohydrates or sugars so the body burns fat, including body fat for fuel. This approach leaves the body steadily fueled and weight is lost even when more calories are being consumed. So steady fueling also means more constant energy levels all day long and less cravings and hunger. You can actually lose weight while feeling full. They're actually basically describing ketosis, seriously. So if you want to hear more on what we think about that, listen to our episode, Bulletproof What. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that they basically ex- explain the entire you know, state of ketosis without actually saying ketosis. So I don't know if that's some sort of legality that Adkins can't call it keto because the keto diet has, I don't know, like ties to something else. It it might be like something with the protein percentage and the, I don't know, the protein and the carb percentage, I would assume. But you're right. I know I don't do that diet. Right. I mean, Adkins has been around for quite some time. I think it's also interesting that, so Robert Adkins, he was a cardiologist, but there was a lot of studies that found that the Adkins diet was actually bad for your heart. So because of all the fat and people were eating high saturated fat and whatnot, but just something to think about. That's why you don't listen to doctors. (laughs) I've had literally maybe one course in nutrition. What the? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So the next diet that I want to talk about is the paleo diet. And this one is so funny to me. Okay, (laughs) so the paleo diet is basically the paleoithic diet. And some will call it the caveman diet or the stone age diet. And it's basically a modern fad diet that requires predominant eating of foods presumed to have been available to humans during the Paleolithic era. And that sounds great, you know, eat food from the earth that would have been around to our ancestors, eat like our ancestors, like painting this beautiful picture in my head. Everything sounds great. But the issue I have with this whole paleo diet concept is that the Paleolithic era is basically a period of time in human history which lasted from 2.6 million years ago until about 12,000 years ago. That's a long freaking time. And I can almost promise you with like 100% certainty that the diets of human beings that lived during that 2,588,000 period of time, those people's diets had changes. Therefore, a true paleo diet never existed. Dude, I mean, like, I don't even think farming was existed back then. What the fuck would you eat? Just meat? And some some weed bushes? Exactly. Exactly. Like, the foods that are available today, they're not the same ones that were available back then. Like, the whole idea of eating clean and as natural, I mean, these are just very simple terms, but that's a great idea. But when people get so worked up about like, oh yeah, I'm paleo. I eat like the caveman. And it's like, you do realize how long the paleolithic era was. And there's no possible way that you're eating how people ate during that time, considering that that time period lasted over 2 million years. Preach it. 
there's no freaking way that you can pinpoint what our ancestors ate during the Paleolithic era. There was no, there was no way we could eat like mangoes now compared to before. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's random, but yeah. It's give just, yeah, it's just uh, the whole idea of the diet is fine, but I just think it's so funny. Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't be paleo. You can't. So, do you want to try the paleo? <laughs> I have some, I can probably get some crawfish and some, um, some rice. Okay. Anyways. You can't have rice, can you? You can't. Oh, no, I can't. I think you can have sweet potatoes. I think sweet potatoes are the only carb you can have on paleo. Because regular potatoes is from Ireland? Anyways. This is exactly our point of why paleo can't exist. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the next diet is called the Whole30 Diet. I'm actually not too familiar with this diet until this podcast came about. But for those of you that don't know, just like me, the Whole30 Diet is a 30-day diet, obviously, that emphasizes whole foods and elimination of sugar, alcohol, grains, legumes, soy, and dairy. The Whole30 is similar to, but more restrictive than the paleo diet. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I don't know what to do anymore. (laughs) So those that are on this diet can't eat, may not even be allowed to eat natural sweeteners, just like honey or maple syrup. So there's an eight-step process on the website that actually explains how to prepare for the Whole30, but nothing about what happens after the 30-day diet. Do you just like fucking repeat it? That's what what's, what's so funny about this diet is like they give you this great nutrition plan for 30 days, but then what? Like, do I start over? Do I explode? Do I go crazy? Like, what happens after 30 days? 10 shots of tequila and you don't know where you are. (laughs) Go wandering in the woods. I mean, shit. (laughs) So the next one that we want to talk about is a volumetrics diet. And this is more of an eating plan versus like a diet, quote unquote diet. So volumetrics diet is an eating plan that aims to help you quit on and off dieting by living a healthy lifestyle based on nutritious food and regular exercise. This one was developed by Dr. Barbara Rolls. A thin white female. (laughs) Not a thin white male, but probably a thin white female. And the volumetrics diet does focus on energy density of foods. And in my mind, out of everything we've talked about so far, this is by far the most sensible. And although this whole idea of eating volume, like high volume foods is not new to nutrition professionals, this um, idea has really gained traction recently in marketing and media, which is why it might be considered a fad diet. I enjoy it. I just hope they don't, I just hope they don't confuse, oh, let me eat all these grapes with, let me eat these three burgers. Right. Well, if you look on her website, um, she goes into more detail about making sure that they're, they are nutrient dense, but low calorie foods. What if the burger is fortified? What? (laughs) Scratch that. (laughs) 
think, I think like this is, you know, you can take bits and pieces of this diet and apply it to your own life. But in my opinion, no matter what eating pattern we're on, we could all stand to eat more vegetables. Oh yeah. Which is a huge part of the volumetrics diet. Oh yeah. So the next diet is called the raw food diet. So it's also known as raw foodism, also known as rawism, or following a raw food diet is a dietary practice of eating only or mostly foods that is uncooked and unprocessed. Also, nothing groundbreaking to nutrition professionals. It has only gained traction recently in marketing and media. Right. I mean, it's not like it. This diet can be good and bad. Right. Like, I feel good, like what? I feel like you know, for a long time, nutrition professionals have always kind of said, try to keep your processed foods to a minimum, and obviously, the opposite of processed is raw. Mm-hmm. but just finding that middle ground like what if you only want to eat like raw carrots versus cooked carrots is that a thing i mean i feel like if you are strictly following the raw food diet you have to eat them raw oh my god your body would spend so much time trying to digest that crap right you'd be in so much distress like would you even be enjoying life at that point You'd be very gassy, I'll tell you that. Remember when I was eating half a pound of carrots a day? Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheap, you can't help it. I know. <laughs> College days. <laughs> See, but that diet doesn't suit me anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like religiously eating half a pound of carrots every day. I'm not going to lie. I was eating carrots like for the past couple of months pretty religiously too. They're cheap. Yeah. 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 Raw food diet. Want to try it with me? Eh, I wouldn't be too opposed. Next one that we want to (laughs) talk about is the Nutrisystem diet. So again, this is one that has been around for quite some time. And how it basically works is you buy most of your food from Nutrisystem and they will ship it to your door. Each day, you eat a Nutrisystem breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. You can also add side items like fresh fruits and veggies and snacks that you might buy from the grocery store. Uh, Basically, everything comes pre-portioned for you, like anything that comes from Nutrisystem. And the diet does discourage eating out and alcohol. It's very important to note that on this diet, you are pretty much eating 100% processed food. My my sister actually tried this diet. Um, what did she think? Well, she's not no longer on it, so I guess that tells you something. <laughs> did she lose weight? Some, but she. The main thing that I got from her was that literally all the portion sizes were incredibly small. I think that each meal is like between three to four hundred calories. That's they probably loaded that crap up with like butter and all this stuff instead of making it have more volume. Oh, of course. And yeah. seasoning and whatnot. Yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. So the next diet is the juice cleanse diet. So juice cleanse is kind of a blanket term for any diet where a person consumes only fruit, 
and vegetable juices while abstaining from actual solid food consumption. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or a registered dietitian to explain why this makes you lose weight only after a couple of days. This actually reminds me of this one episode of The Office where Kelly tries to lose weight on this lemon vinegar diet. Um, and you can just see the energy just going out of her. She's like, I need to lose 10 pounds before before my cruise on Tuesday. Anyways. Oh my gosh, I've never <laughs> seen The Office. But that's what, basically what, that, what she was doing. Yeah. So this is one of the only diets that we will argue results are not sustainable. The moment you eat normal foods, your weight will start to increase. If you are juicing for other reasons like cleansing, well, we can debate in another episode if that is even effective. But my bet is that your liver and your fucking kidneys cleanse the fuck out of your body. Yeah. F-bombs galore. I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> juice cleansing will do a fantastic job at getting you to lose weight quickly because you're not freaking eating any food. But like she said, the minute you start to eat anything normal, your results aren't sustainable. So this is the only one we'll argue that you cannot sustain your results. Very true. So how to get away. (laughs) How to fight off the fad diets. Yeah. (laughs) What? We're having so much sound effect in this episode. Oh gosh. Yeah, so how to how to get away from the fat diets. So first and foremost, focus on your own version of health. We talked about this on our last episode, but really focusing on what health looks like to you and focusing on your habits and the nutritional quality of the foods you eat. So when your focus shifts to these things, weight loss will come as a side effect. And I just want to reiterate, please do not be afraid of the word diet. It's just a word. It did nothing wrong to you. We all have a diet. That is dropping some real talk, man. I felt that (laughs) in my heart. Felt that deep in your soul. Very deep, man. That's what she said. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think this is where we're going to end this episode. (laughs) We were a little bit everywhere, but... Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. You're not having fun. What the heck are you doing? Fucking, I don't know anymore. Okay. That's enough. Okay. All right. We will see you guys in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye. That was not bad. Thanks for listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. Your main squeeze in nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. Also, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. Five stars, no less. On whatever platform you're listening to, or send us an email at keepingitjuicypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any topics you'd like for us to touch upon, shoot us an email. Until next time, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Word. God damn start, it. Start over. Tell me when to go. I've been recording. Oh, Vito. This article kind of goes into this whole less glamorous aspect of diet and bad diets.
just it's the stuff started again. God oh, damn it! I was on the wall too. I don't know what to do. Should we try Zoom? Sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Say it's, uh, what the fuck? I don't like the way that's done. Just go, uh. I guess this is it. <laughs> Do you understand my frustration? How about I just say it? Yes, just say okay. it. Okay. So. So from a research, yeah, I can't talk. From a research, <laughs> for sure. So. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> So the next diet is the raw food diet. Raw foodism, as it's also called, is also known as rawism, or <laughs> I'm sorry, that word is just it's confusing. <laughs> start over. Start over with raw food diet. What? You don't want to include that? Bloopers. It'll go in the bloopers. You'll go in the bloopers. 